because we're revealing certain information which they don't want revealed, obviously we're going to be open to be attacked anyway. So people need to be aware of that. There's people out there, all they do is talk and they do nothing. We have to develop ourselves. We have to change. We are the change we're waiting for. I know it's cliche, but we are the change we're waiting for. But isn't that what life's about? Because the great thing about this awakening journey is we're learning so much about ourselves. And what I loved in your introduction, Alan, is the fact that you know you like so many people were initially resistant. So when I do come across a conspiracy theorist and I challenge them and they say you didn't do the research, I would say yes I did and you're all mad. But <laughs> after doing all the research, I had to admit that, you know, I was wrong. I really hope everyone listening to this has got some really good tips. Honestly, such good advice as always. Now, I'm really happy to have what to me seems like an old friend back on my show because Alan James from Circle of White Light Radio, he's not been a guest on my show before, but I've been on Alan's radio station a couple of times. So we're going to be having a really great conversation, which I think is needed for all of us at this time, which is really looking at for those of us that consider ourselves awakened or on the awakening journey, what lessons we have learned, what lessons we feel we're still going through learning, and also very importantly, tips for how we can be on this journey of awakening, of truth seeking, whatever we want to call it, but still enjoy our lives right here, right now, you know, because that's a fine balance. But Alan, before we get into it, I want to introduce you to my audience. So Alan James had his awakening journey in 2021. So you've been on this journey for a while when an open-minded friend gave him a copy of David Icke's book, The Biggest Secret. I'm going to have to ask you, hold on to that. I want to know if you're still in contact with that friend. At first, Alan took the unusual approach and labelled David's uh, cons conspiracy theorist, but then he questioned his arrogant and ignorant attitude and realised that he'd not researched the content of David books at all, but like most people, gave his opinion not based on fact. And, you know, that we've all been programmed into that standard repetitive script given to us by the deep state. So when Alan realised that this was the approach he was taking, he agreed to take up the challenge to read David's book to prove him wrong. But needless to say, after a few years of researching, that Alan realised that in fact he agreed with David and others about the matrix, what was going on. And in that same year, we had the awful Twin Towers incident. I'm trying not to use too many trigger words too early on in the interview. After moving back from the UK in 20, um, in 200 and, uh, 205, I'm all over the place today, Alan. In um, 2005, he had a moral conscience to wake people up to what was going on. So you started your first radio show back in 2010 with his co-host Steve that ran live every week for nine years. That's a huge achievement. He now runs Circle of White Light Radio once a month live on his and on his Rumble channel, all the links will be below, pre-recorded interviews, general topics, information, very importantly, solutions, social psychology tips, um, along with his psychological understanding of the awakening process. 
So that's a pretty impressive bio, Alan. How are you doing at this? Not too bad. Thank yeah. you for having me on the show. This is it's it's quite unique because, as you said, I've interviewed you a few times on my show, but only audio only. So this yeah. is the first time we're actually doing an interview on video as well. And um, for years, I kicked and screamed um, and to avoid video. I just wanted to do the radio. But, you know, um, spirit have different plans. And they when they say, listen, listen, you're going to have to do it. You know, kicking and screaming, you're going to have to do it. Well, I bit the bullet. I stepped out, outside my comfort zone, which we'll talk about. And I start doing rumble videos and interviewing people and everything else. And I have to say, I'm enjoying it. It's actually gone quite well. Um, so, you know, onward and upward, but, you know, it's great. And being able to uh, speak to people like yourself and on video is a bonus. I love it. I mean, I must say, I think for anyone who goes down that road of, uh, you know, starting any sort of channel podcast and seeing themselves on video, it's a huge learning process because, you know, we're all on this spiritual journey or most of us listening to this are. And I think one of the things is, is it's really uncomfortable sometimes seeing yourself and having that reflection back because how we perceive ourselves and then how we perhaps see ourselves on screen can be a mismatch. But isn't that what life's about? Because the great thing about this awakening journey is we're learning so much about ourselves. And what I loved in your introduction, Ellen, is the fact that you know you like so many people were initially resistance, but the difference is is you recognise that resistance in yourself. So talk us through that process because that is a real big one for everyone that's trying to get messages across or trying to get loved ones to just even consider a different point of view. I just wanted to say that today's episode is sponsored by ASEA Redox Signaling Molecules. Now it comes in two forms the liquid and the gel, plus there's a huge other product range for us. Um, but why did I start taking ASEA and why is it now an integral part of something that my whole family, both four-legged and two-legged, take every single day, plus also something that all the clients I work with, again, four-legged and two-legged, it's number one on my priority list. Well, Part of what I do, what I'm passionate about, is understanding the challenges that are affecting each and every one of us in today's modern living. Um, the more you know, the more sometimes you wish you didn't know, but the pollution in the air, in the water, in the food, um, the control of our minds, the propaganda. But one of the things that we can do is take back responsibility for our own health. Now, every single cell of our body, whether we're an animal, whether we're one of the dogs in the backgrounds or one of my plants, contain these redox signaling molecules. And cellular health and cellular communication is absolutely key, whether you want to get your body back in balance, whether you want to reverse the aging process, whether you want to address any particular challenges that you've got physically, emotionally, it all starts with healthy cells. If your liver cells are healthy, your liver's healthy. If your brain cells are healthy, your brain's healthy. But just like a mobile phone, most of us have got mobile phones that we, we use on a routine basis now. But that mobile phone, regardless of whether you've got the latest model, is completely useless without a signal. So what does this technology do? Um, the the gel is something that you can apply topically over particular areas of concern, whether you want your skin to look better, whether you've got cellulite, whether you've got an area that's causing you a challenge. 
the liquid is something you drink each and every day to top up what should be in your cells anyway. But when our bodies are stressed, diseased, challenged, or as we age, we make less of them. So personally, I wouldn't be without a tip. My sleep's better. My energy levels are better. My mood's better. My mobility's better. If you want to find out more, the details are below. But I'm so grateful that this came into my life. And I'm so grateful I can share it with others. I hope you love it as much as I do. Let me know. Yeah, totally. Well, it's a bit of a help because I have a background in psychology anyway. So that was why I kind of uh, reassessed my approach to David Icke's book. And um, I, I thought, well, you know, understanding how the ego works is very important. And one of the things I do now is talk more uh, really about the psychology of uh, human uh, humanity and how we react and how we interact with each other, and how we perceive information when we're given it and how we deal with it. And and that's a, a very important factor to me, which really woke me up to an awful lot of how to deal with what we're dealing with at the moment, rather than argue about the content. You know, we might talk about the, the moon's made of cheese, for example. It doesn't matter. You'll argue all night whether the moon, moon has made the cheese with somebody. So I said, OK, I'm going to take a step back and look at the psychology of the awaking process. So you know, back in 2001, when uh, a friend of mine, Irene was her name, and I did interview her on OAM as well. Uh, you oh, know, she did come on. So that interview is available. She did uh, come on and talk to me about it. And um, I just I just said, hang on a minute, I'm being very, you know, the ego was so powerful and the ego was there to protect us. And the ego wants to keep us um, safe and in their comfort zone. But to, for us to learn and to grow and develop, we have to step outside that comfort zone. And I can give examples of that uh, in my own life and what I've done to step outside. But um, it's a, it's every day kind of as a learning day for me anyway. But so we, I kind of looked at the ego and the ego is made up of two things, arrogance and ignorance. You know, arrogant to think we know better and ignorant to the fact that we don't. Mm. And I thought, you know, I went down the same route that everybody else did with David Icke at the time. He was on TV, he was dressed in turquoise and he was saying he was God and all that kind of stuff. And um, the pre-programmed societal programming that we got from the media was, yes, call him a conspiracy theorist and tell, you know, say he's a nutter. And I did, I repeated what they told me to repeat, you know, that's what the media said. And they, uh, and then I said, hang on a minute, I'm being very kind of arrogant here. I didn't research his information. I didn't look at it. Um, how arrogant am I to think that I know more than him when I didn't do any research and ignorant to the fact that, you know, I don't know his information. So I said, right, I'm going to take a couple of years and I'm going to go and study. So when I do come across a conspiracy theorist and I challenge them and they say, you didn't do the research, I would say, yes, I did. And you're all mad. <laughs> after doing all the research yeah i really got okay uh, a humble pie had to come in and i had to um i had to admit that you know i was wrong you know i mean it's and this is why when people turn around and challenge i mean i've we've done this work for so many you know so many years 
and then people who watch the BBC for five minutes and the, the, the arrogance kicks in and thinks they think they know more than we do after we've spent years and years and years looking into this and researching it and cross-references. And I, I know you have a science background as well and you don't just look at something and believe it. You will do the research, you'll cross-reference it, you'll check it out, as we all do. Well, most people do that in this uh, arena that we're in. Um, but uh, so that's really, you know, this kind of uh, that's where that started regarding psychology of uh, trying to, um, uh, you know, uh, wake up to what's going on. And uh, with the challenge that I did with myself, well, you know, it was amazing how many doors opened up after doing that. It's just been such a wonderful journey. I'm going to have a moment of glee here. So if which is a very unlikely, actually, but if any of my family are watching all my friends who have called me a cons mad tin hat conspiracy theorist, um, just go back and re-listen re re to that bit that Alan's just said. And I'm always open to apologies. I had to say that <laughs> because I think, you know, we all have to have a giggle about that. You know, we can laugh about it now, but it can be quite frustrating. Before we move on to the next point, because you've hit on something really important with research. So yes, I have a scientific background. And I love the science, but my definition of science doesn't match a lot of other people's definition of science now. So but my definition of science is it's all about being in a continual questioning, open minded point of view to have a hypothesis and test it out. So the way I do my research has really much evolved over the last sort of 20 years, really, since I've had my children, you know, fastest, because I do look at what's down there on the written side of things, the scientific research, so to speak, but I also back it up with life experiences very much as well, because I'm much more aware about looking at funding streams, about um, intellectual bias, about scientific bias, et cetera. Um, so one of the things we all face a lot, Alan, is this if we post anything, it's like, show me a scientific paper, show me a double blind placebo test for this. So what have you learned about that sort of approach and how you tackle those sort of objections when you're trying to raise a conversation about something? Well, first of all, when we take a peek behind the curtain, there always seems to be a catalyst in people's lives where they either have a, a medical issue or a family member dies or they lose their job. And that is the catalyst for us to start looking at things because we all are programmed and we all have a routine. You know, on Monday we do this and Tuesday we do this and, you know, and we get in our comfort zone. And once we're in our comfort zone and programming, it's very hard to break out of that. And it's only when something happens in our life that has a major effect, um, like a medical issue or we lose our job, that we might question what's going on with the world and why is the world the way it is so you know when you go down this path and you look and you take a peek and you start you know checking out we might you might check out the fluoride in the water or something like that or or other medical inter interventions things that happened over the last two years and, and various things okay and what do we do what do we all do or what have we all done what we did was we got this information and we gave it to our friends and family and go look there's all the science there's all the information and what did they do they turn around and go ah you're just a conspiracy theorist right they don't accept it again it goes back to when i said about arguing over whether the moon is made of cheese right yeah. so after years of doing this as we all do it it's just part of you know 
the, the routine of the process that we go through when you wake up. And I was looking at this and I was saying, no, it's not working. People just aren't getting it. I need to go back to the psychology of how the mind works and then um, approach this from a psychological point of view. So because, you know, people have belief systems, you know, and when you challenge, if you want to know how somebody thinks, you challenge their belief system and they will react, react, react in a certain way, depending on what information you're trying to give them. So I start going back to looking at the psychology of this and two of the principles that I applied. I call this, by the way, uh, my what I put together uh, and Steve, we call it the fluid belief system. OK, so if you go out to my Rumble channel, I have loads of psychology there got to do it, you know, breaking it down as to how it works and how to do it and everything else. So I won't go into the whole lot. But basically, there's two things that I use to apply this fluid belief system. The first thing was a quote from Aristotle, which he said, the mark of an educated mind is to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. Right. So if you think about that, right, he says, Right, the mark of an educated mind is to be able to entertain. So with a lot of people, you know, either true or it's not true. It's black and white, all right? But what Aristotle said was, well, no, you have to entertain it, which means you're challenging your belief system and you're parking your ego to one side. Remember, your ego wants to protect you and wrap you in and, and, and cuddle you and make sure nothing happens to you. So if you step outside your comfort zone, which is what you're doing, if you're challenging your belief system, then obviously uh, you're entertaining the information. But you, I'm not saying you have to believe it. I mean, you can entertain information, but you can say, well, give me the facts and give me the evidence. And then you turn around and go, here's all the science. Here's all the facts, right? But the trouble is a lot of people, because they're comfortable in their belief system, they don't want to step outside their belief system and entertain the information. So you can't give them the facts because they're not prepared to entertain the information. And the second part of it is I seen a black and white interview with Bruce Lee. And Bruce Lee said that when you're in a street fight, there's no point doing these set martial arts movements because you don't know what your opponent is going to do. So he said, you have to be fluid um, when you're taking on your opponent. And I said to myself, well, surely our belief systems have to be fluid as well we should be able to change when new information comes in. So what I learn today might change tomorrow because I might learn something new tomorrow that challenges what I know today. And if you're, and I mean all your belief systems, if all your belief systems are fluid, then your ego is parked to one side and you just change with new information coming in. And it's very healthy and it's very um, enlightening and freeing to be able to do that because you're not stuck in the belief system. And people have said to me, uh, they said, uh, oh, well, I don't have any belief systems. And I said, well, that's your belief system, that yeah. you don't have a belief system. <laughs> so, so we do. We all have a belief system. And some people are, are fluid in certain belief systems because it doesn't have much of an impact on their life. And yeah. other people are really stuck in a belief system because that would be a major impact on their life if because they might have believed something since they were young. I mean, we normally get our belief system from our friends and family and our teachers from the age of seven onwards. All right. So you imagine 20 years of being told that two and two is five. And then we come along, Catherine, and go, actually, two and two is four. What are you going to say? 
yeah, I don't believe you. You're a conspiracy theorist, you know? Yeah. So um, I won't, there's more to talk about, but I'll, I'll, I'll stop there because you might want to oh, jump yeah. in. There's one point I really wanted to raise on there that's been really in my awareness recently, Alan, particularly with all the events that have gone on this weekend. Again, another horrendous situation that how much of the story are we being told? We know what we're being told by the mainstream is completely false with the Israel. But if people are going to be able to be in a position to part their ego and entertain, um, and that's one of my favourite quotes as well. My friend Bryce and I talk about that all the time. If we're going to be able to park our ego and entertain new ideas, new thought processes, I'd love your thoughts with your psychology knowledge about how that fits into us feeling in a place of safety. Because quite often we can't park our egos unless we feel safe enough to do so. Because as you said, it is a protective mechanism. And obviously, um, the powers that used to be, I've heard people saying about that, and I love it, and I'm not going to call them the powers that be, I'm going to put it in the past tense, the powers that used to be, use fear as a major control mechanism. Do you think that's partly responsible for why people are not able to entertain new ideas at the moment? Well, I always say to, I always say knowledge gives you choice, ignorance doesn't, okay? If you know something's going to happen, then you can do something about it. But if you don't, then you're going to be ignorant to the information. So all you're really doing regarding the safety is just ignoring the information that's, you know, something might happen. You know, like we have certain elements happening in the world at the moment. I won't go into too much detail for, for this reason, for the video, because of certain words. But we have certain people doing certain things in the world. Okay, so we know that. We know that's happening ignoring that is not going to make any difference yeah. so I'd, I'd rather know about it but you know when on my background is corporate it so i used to live in the uk i i used to work in the square mile in london i climbed the ladder i've been in the boardroom okay so i've done all that kind of stuff and one of the things i used to do with staff is when they used to come to me with a problem um, I kind of got fed up because I was always given the solution that he'd go away. So I'd say, look, if you're going to come to me with a problem, make sure you come with three solutions as well. All right. So they came to me, they'd have the problem and they gave me three solutions and I'd pick the best one. Or I might say, well, which one would you pick and get them to pick the best one? And then they go off and do it. Because people are great at, you know, telling you the problems. You know, we always say there's people out there that have a problem for every solution. And there's no thinking effort because to think takes energy. And a lot of people don't like thinking. And this is why does a lot of people outsource the thinking during the medical intervention over the last two years. They outsourced the, the thinking to the to the government and they didn't want to put the work in or the research or anything like that. They just said, oh, we'll just believe the government and trust them and they went off and did what they did. So it's all about energy, you know, and as spiritual people, we understand energy, how it works. And in this world, we have givers and we have takers. The givers use more energy and the takers use less energy. And that applies to thinking as well. And if anybody's a fan of Dale Carnegie or Dale Carnegie, depending on how you say it, there's a great book out there that's been out for years, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And it's a book I learned years ago, and it's brilliant from a management point of view. And he basically explains that, you know, as a manager, if you have staff, you can't, if they do something wrong, you can't go off and give them a good, you know, uh, verbal, 
abuse because you'd be pulled up in front of HR. So Dale Carnegie teaches you to stop your initial reaction, which is what a lot of people do. The filtering system, unfortunately with some people, the filtering system doesn't click in and they just go rah mm -hmm. at somebody, which is a negative. And of course, that person's going to be uh, feel that they're being attacked. So they'll defend that and then arguments happen. Where Dale Carnegie says, okay, we have to stop yourself from doing that rah, Think about what you're going to say and have it more positive and more constructive and then say it and you'll have better uh, a better outcome by doing that. So as a manager, I had to learn to do that with staff. Right. And but unfortunately, there's a lot of people who can't be bothered. They don't put the energy in and don't think about what they're going to say before they say it. And then it causes arguments. And the same with. Oh, I can't be bothered. Good looking into that. I can't be, you know, it's so again, they can't, you know, it's all energy. So, yeah. so to, just going back to what I initially said, knowledge gives you choice. Ignorance doesn't. And if they don't want to know about it, then they can't turn around and give out, and you know, or they can't moan about it. They say, well, all the evidence you need for what you want, and you can look for solutions as well. You look for the solution uh, rather than, because you can dwell on the information. Now, one thing I've, I, I, said before in an interview when you get involved in this conspiracy uh, uh, game if you want to call it that you know learning about what's going on and um, I initially was attaching emotion to this information so one day I was happy one day I was sad next day I was happy next day I was sad and I was going hang on a minute this is causing havoc with my my energy so I decided that from now on there's no emotion being attached to this. It's purely information. That's all it is. Yeah. Right? And that way you have an, a, a, a detachment from the information because we know after doing this for years, Catherine, you know that information gets put out there purposely to affect us. It's all lies, but they do it to you know affect us emotionally. So what we have to do is uh, look, the, look at the information, treat it, be neutral with it, and then if it happens, then, OK, we will work out how to deal with it, what we do and what we're going to think about and we, we, what, what we'll do with the information if it happens. Sorry, I'm just getting my mind around the information. And um, if it doesn't happen, then fair enough, you know. But it, again, don't attach an emotion to the information because that will affect you. Yeah, it's there's so many points there I want to sort of go into a bit but one of the things I really want to go into at the moment is the emotion because I'm can see both sides of the story for that because I also think there's a huge agenda to flood us with so much trauma that we don't that we lose that human compassion and we know there's a huge agenda to sort of for transhumanism um being led in some areas and one of the key differences is to lose that empathy the compassion the emotional side of things so it's a fine line isn't it in terms of I do understand that you do need to really manage your emotional response to things because we don't generally react well <laughs> and yeah. the safety mechanism when we're in a highly emotional state however playing devil's advocate as well I do think it's a very dangerous way to, if we shut down our emotion too much, it can lead to mass apathy. Because if we can't then identify with the people that are being used as pawns in the games and are going through these traumas, then sometimes that's the biggest way to control the masses as well. So it's a fine line, isn't it, for people? Yeah, totally. Well, look, 
you know, I, I used to be doing an awful lot of research and looking into what's going on. And a bit like the, you know, um, the flat, right? Yeah. Um, it's a bit like that. And people say, well, what way do you see it? And, you know, what's your thoughts? And, and I go, look, I really don't care whether it's flat, square, round, rectangle, because there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. And, and let's be honest. Yeah, we, we. I totally agree. You don't want to completely detach. But at the end of the day, you can only work on what you can work on. You can only do what you can do. So I ask myself, in the, in the context I'm working in regarding beyond media and everything else and what I'm doing, what can I change? I don't focus on the things I can't change. I focus on the things I can change. So, yes, we can look at the information out there. But I, there's nothing I can do about a lot of the news that's out there and what's going on. I mean, this recent thing that's going on, um, as you know, it's been in the news. I won't, I won't say it, but you know what's been going on. Um, can I do anything about that? No, really, I can't do anything about that. I accept it. I see what's going on. And um, it's, it's not nice. But the people who you're dealing with um, are psychopathic you know yeah. and 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 they just don't care and again part of it's not nice not being able to do anything but when you understand that your pe people you're dealing with and and the kind of game that we're in and mm -hmm. um, this is what you're dealing with and this is going to happen and you know uh, the 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 2001 issue that happened you know with yeah. the two right um again psychopathic because there was the Hegelian dialectic problem reaction solution, that's what they use. Um, and that's their methods. And people need to wake up to it. And this is why applying the psychology and understanding the magic trick, because it's like you get the magician who, who saws the girl in half, right? And we think that's fantastic. He's brilliant. He's a magician. Wow, that's wow, he's did that, right? But we all know it's an illusion. And, yeah. as, and as soon as you realize that it's a trick and you know how the trick is done, it doesn't matter how many times he saws the girl in half because you know how it's done, right? I don't know how it's done. I don't know how they do it. I know it's an illusion and I know she's not really sold in half, but I don't know how they do it. Oh, it's two girls, two twins. Oh, two girls. Oh, oh, two girls, yeah. Quite straightforward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but no, it's, it's absolutely, I, it's so true because I think, you know, really being um, well, let's let's lead on to some of your biggest lessons. One of my biggest lessons that I've learned over the last few years um, has been really to be very conscious about where I'm putting my energy and attention. So, for example, I've worked with rescue animals for years and years and years, and pity is a very low vibe you know, energy. So if you're constantly bringing any human, any animal back to the stage of trauma, it can be a very negative state for them. Mm -hmm. So so controlling our own energies is something that I'm constantly working on and putting positive thoughts out there into the universe. So let's go through some of your biggest things that you've learned over the last few years, really, Alan, so that the audience can actually benefit from those. Yeah, well, you know, working with animals, you know, the saying, the more you understand human beings, the more I want to work with animals. Yeah, that is That's so true, that saying. And just a couple of things there. One is that we have to remember that what we do, Catherine, is we're in the public eye. Mm -hmm. And we, we want to call it the old media or whatever, the new media or whatever. And being in the public eye, we get attacked. 
Mm-hmm. And we get attacked. And there's kind of what well, I see two kinds of people out there. You have the people who are stuck in their belief system. And when you challenge their belief system, you know, they get on their, you know, the, the comments box and, the, you know, blah, 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 right. And that's just because they're obviously not prepared to entertain information and uh, that challenges their belief system. And I get that. And that's fine. But there are people out there who are uh, paid shills. Yes. And they will, and there's no reasoning with them whatsoever. They're there to destroy you and they're there to affect the alt media. And lies and lies and lies are always put out there. I mean, I've been attacked over the years, you know, and I'm thinking, and people, uh, one or two people might say, hey, I'd see somebody's put a video up and, you know, this is what they're saying, you know, I think, well, you know, I mean, it's amazing what people believe without actually turning around and saying, well, is that true? Because when we had the issue with the, the medical inf- intervention, I said to people, look, um, if you're only forming an opinion on one narrative, because there was only one narrative coming out of the media, right? So when people were, when we were getting into a debate about that, you know, mm-hmm. um, event, uh, I would say, but you've only got um, a limited opinion. And they'd say, why? And I say, because you only listen to one side. You know, it's like if you have two children and they're in the room next door and the vase breaks and you go in and you ask the kids, you know, what happened? You don't just listen to one of them. You listen to both of them and then you form an opinion based on two. Of them. You know, you get your both sides of the argument. But it's amazing how people only get one side of the argument and then that's it. You know, they form that opinion. And I think, but you, you don't have a, that's a limited opinion because you don't have two sides of the argument. So there's a lot of um, people out there, um, either people who are ignorant and just uh, are afraid to challenge their belief system or the, the the shields who are being paid and, you know, they say all sorts of stuff, you know. Um, so I just want people to be aware that for the likes of yourself and myself and everybody else who's trying to do their best to educate and wake people up, there are people out there who attack us, you know, so, you know, so I will say to anybody, if you hear any crap regarding me or Catherine or anybody like that, contact me and ask me my side of the story. And I'm more than happy to, uh, to tell you if there's anything there, you know, but it's just amazing. I've, you know, it's just ridiculous. Right. So that was, I do have to laugh at some of the stories that are made up. I'm like, well, wow, you know, I know I'm a busy person, but if I could have fitted in all these things in my life, I'd have been a really busy person. So, um, but it does make you realize how much is made up about celebrities and people really in the public eye as well. So there is a gray area again, because there might be some things that are true, but there's equally surrounded by a whole range of things that just aren't. Yeah, totally. And, you know, at the end of the day, again, it does no harm entertaining the information, but ask for the evidence and the facts. And if there's no evidence and facts, then it's probably going to be BS anyway. Yeah. So that was the main thing over the years. That's one that one just another thing as well. But that was over the years being involved in the alt media. I just thought, you know, how sick of these people that they've nothing better to do but to do things like that. And obviously, because we're revealing certain information which they don't want revealed obviously we're going to be open to be attacked anyway so people need to be aware of that you know Mm. the other thing is i realized again researching the psychology that uh when you give people information that challenges their belief system you know 
they will answer in two different ways. Right? It's just how the mind works. Now, for some people, not knowing something is a weakness and they don't want to show that weakness, so they'll cover it up. So what I do uh, sometimes, well, I used to do, I don't do it now anymore. I don't kind of wait, spend time waking people up anymore because there's enough information out there. But what I, I used to do is say, right, okay, do you believe that there's a certain group of people you know, running the world? And they will answer in two ways. They'll either say, I don't know enough about that to comment, or they'll say, that's a load of BS. Yeah. So the person who says, I don't know enough uh, about that to comment, is showing confidence in their intellect to be happy to show the weakness that they don't know. Mm. The person who said it's a load of BS lacks confidence in their intellect, so they want to cover it up because they don't want to be perceived as not knowing something. So I used to say, well, I've got 20 years of research here and interviews and everything else, but I'm more than happy to be proven wrong. Can you give me your 20 years or give me the information you have? If you think I'm wrong, give me your information. And 10 times out of 10, guess what? They either don't have nothing or they have five minutes of the BBC and that's what they're using. Now, one thing you said earlier, and I didn't, I didn't comment on it and I'll comment on it now. And you said, you know, when people type something, well, prove it, bad, 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 yes. right? Well, number one, I've kind of got to the stage now that based on somebody's comment on, on Facebook or social media, I can actually tell how they how they think, right? Which is great. Yeah. But number two, you don't owe anybody anything to train. If they want to remain ignorant, you don't have to prove anything to them. Okay. You are not their teacher, right? That's them being lazy and going, well, I'm not bothered to do the research. I'll get Catherine to do the research. I'll give me the information and do the work. No, okay, look, no, you stay ignorant. That's fine. I'm, you know, I'm not here to convince you. And if that's what you believe and that's your belief system, that's fine. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm just not wasting my time. I've better things to be doing, doing, you know, I've washed my hair or something like that, you know? So. <laughs> I'll take you a long while. <laughs> so they're they're the two main mm. things you know again I, I i went i gave up on the whole the moons made the cheese content and i went back to psychology now people have applied this method the fluid belief system method with their friends and family to challenge what they believe and how they believe rather than the content and it's worked wonders but some people just walk off in a huff because they know they can't argue with logic you know um, and it's been great getting some feedback, but another kind of nugget of information, which has been a massive game changer for me, really, really massive game changer. I talk about the teenage mind and the adult mind. And this is incredible as parents. Yeah. Switch between the two at times. Yeah. Yes. Well, look, look, it's, yeah. it's you know. We, we, Eric, the aim is for all of us to get into the adult mind. The teenage mind is uh, selfishness, the victim mentality, and ego. And the adult mind is humility and wisdom, okay? And as parents, when we bring up our kids, you know, kids fundamentally when they're younger, it's about me, 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 you know? And But as they grow up and they become teenagers and stuff like that, we try and give them the skills they need for going into adulthood and try and get them to be consider of other people and share and all that kind of stuff right and and we do our best to do that with our kids to try and get them to think of other people not just themselves but there are 
kids out there and teenagers who grew up without having that training from their parents, yeah. right? So what we're actually seeing is, although we're looking at adults, that adults with teenage minds. Mm. And this was a game changer for me. And one of the things that I, I use to kind of test the water, um, and there was a girl who was a spiritual girl that I won't give any names out, this is going back a few years, and we were talking, and I said to her, I said, you know, we don't need a law for drink driving. And she said, don't be stupid. Of course we need a law for drink driving. If we if we didn't have a law, everybody would be doing it. And I said, are you incapable as an adult to work out that drink driving would be bad for you and bad maybe for somebody else, that you need a law from the nanny state to tell you not to do it because you're incapable of an adult to work that out for yourself. Yeah. All right. And it's like the same thing if you're in a car park and you reverse your car and you hit the car behind you. Do you get out and leave a note in the car and say, sorry, I've hit your car. Here's my details. Give me a ring. Mm. Or do you look around, make sure nobody's looking and drive away? Mm. Right. So there's traits between the adult mind and the teenage mind. And I'm not saying I'm 100% an adult mind. I try and be the best adult mind I can be, but I'm not perfect. And, you know, there's some things that um, I might get go into on a, a teenage mind. But yeah. I'm always self-analyzing. I'm always asking myself, is that adult, is that teenage? You know, I'm trying to make a better person of me. You know, I'm trying to, and being a spiritual person, I'm trying to do better. And one of the things, obviously, stay away from negative energy and, and yeah. energy vampires and people who will pull your energy down, people that have a problem for every solution. And, you know, Dr. Bruce Lipton talks about the study of epidemiology, which I'm sure you've come across. And he says, you can't be positive or negative. You have to be you're one or the other. And there are people out there that, see the glass half empty rather than the glass half full. And that approach to life can have a negative effect on you and your body and everything else. So I try and, being an IT person, I'm a problem solver anyway. I'm always being a techie, I've always been there. People have a problem. I'm always a solutions provider, trying to provide solutions all the time. So that's how I, my mind works. Um, so that's really it with the teenage mind and adult mind. So if you look at, say, our government, right, both in the UK and Ireland, and all the adults that are in there, many of them would have a teenage mind, which would be ego, selfishness, and the victim mentality. Right? I love everyone watching this. So I, I will put the links below. I'll just make a note for myself. I did two videos with the amazing Yvette Rose, who does... Um, um, metaphysical anatomy so the emotional links to disease and she discussed this point so beautifully about how many of our world leaders in inverted commas that's a title they've given themselves not that we've given them mm -hmm. but how many of them are basically displaying unresolved childhood issues or teenage mind on a public stage and if someone could work with them on that we could transform the world very very quickly if we didn't have all these unstable ego-driven, unresolved trauma yeah. <laughs> in the world. But it's such an important point. It really is. It's in a, And it's a very important point that you said 
to say we constantly need to be looking at ourselves because it's very easy to blame other people for things that we haven't resolved in ourselves, which is an ongoing job for most of us. Yeah, totally. I mean, ego is a major cause of a lot of problems. And I I used to be in the music business full time. And when I was in London, I used to do the workmen clubs and the and the um, uh, the uh, the holiday camps and stuff like that. But I used to play professionally over here in Ireland uh, in the eighties, and you know I went on a bit of an ego trip as as you do in the music business, you know. And I was brought down to earth by a family member who was in a bigger band at the time, and he put straight about ego and I learned an awful lot about ego and then I started studying it as part of the psychology so ego is a big part of us and we can't get rid of our ego because it's part of us but we can control it rather than it control us the problem is with ego is that ego is a slow creep mm. it creeps up on you and when you're in the corporate world um, I've seen this in the corporate world where you start off at the bottom of the ladder and you get a promotion and you get more money and you get promotion and you get more money and you're getting more of an empire and you're getting a promotion and you're getting more money. And then the arrogance kicks in. And maybe that's why I initially was arrogant, because I was in a role that was a senior role at the time. And I was maybe just quite arrogant with my ego, you know, saying that's he's a conspiracy theorist. Um. An ego is a slow creep. And when you say to people, you've got an ego, the first thing they'll say is, I don't have an ego. Mm. <laughs> of course not. Because yeah. it, it doesn't just, it's not something that just happens overnight. It's a slow creep, right? And um, and it's something that I'm very wary of in the alt media and people I come across, you know, that I kind of pick up where they are, you know, ego. And because of what we said earlier about the alt media and being attacked, it's very important that it's not what people say, it's what people do, right? Talk right. is cheap. I know it's a cliche, but talk is cheap. Yeah. Right? Don't so, please, please, to people who are watching this video, there's people out there, all they do is talk and they do nothing, mm. right? And so I'm not going to... Um, uh, give myself a big head in any way like that, I'm pretty much grounded. But I want to give to people an example that with Circle of White Light, what I was doing, unfortunately, the funding is not available anymore because, you know, money's tight for people. But for the last three years, I was, any donations that came in, most donations that came in to Circle of White Light, they got allocated toward these causes, which is homeless charities, suicide charities, animal sanctuaries, and over the three years um, with the donations, I donated 17,000 euros to worthy causes. And if people go over to the Circle of White Light uh, website and click on Pay It Forward, that's what I called it, you'll see everybody there because it has to be transparent. We have to be transparent. This day and age, there's too many scammers out there. OK, so you have to be transparent. So if people go over to my website and see Pay It Forward, they'll see the people with the check in their hand. Right. And if they, you don't if they don't believe they got the check, they can ring them and they can ask them if they got the check. All right. So so um, because of it has to be transparent because I wanted people um, to see uh, where the money was going. And there's other things that I've done in the background. And that is kind of talking the talk and walking the walk. And I know what you do, Catherine, with your, your animal sanctuary and your animals. That says everything, you know. Mm -hmm. There are people out there just sitting their arse and all they do is talk and they do nothing else, yeah. you know. 
so please i say to people don't judge a person by what they say judge a person by their actions because actions take energy and we talked about energy earlier you got your givers and your takers mm. so that's important really really good points there what are you currently working on so where where we are right here right now and um you know everyone's got a different opinion about what is happening globally how much have we moved forward how many people are starting to question things more so for you on a personal level that anything that you're happy to share is like okay these are the lessons i've learned so far what do I feel I've still got to really work on to be able to contribute more? Well, my first radio show, Open Your Mind Radio, was we talked mainly about the problems. We had the, we talked about solutions, but mainly about the problems. Circle of White Light was really, um, it was named after the spiritual circle that I was in in London. All right. And when I moved back over to Ireland, I set up my own spiritual circle and I ran it for a few years and I called it Circle of White Light. So I decided to call my radio show Circle of White Light because it says on the my strap line there focuses on, on solutions and the better way of thinking. And that's what I try and do. So I'm focusing on solutions at the moment. And what I'm currently doing, although people might say, well, that's a double edged sword. But because I'm an IT guy and I do web design and stuff like that. I'm actually playing around with AI at the moment yeah. to see if I can use the artificial intelligence to help me do programming, but in a positive way, not in a negative way, obviously. Yeah. And to write, I use content management system called Joomla and it uses things called uh, components and modules and plugins. And I've been playing around with AI to see if I can manipulate that to write certain coding because I'm not a programmer. So um, I'm playing around with that. Um, I'm having fun with the Rumble channel, mm. interviewing all different types. The great thing there with being on video, although I always said I had a voice, a face for radio and a voice for print. Um, <laughs> but the great thing with Rumble is that I can now use visuals. Yeah. So if there's certain things I need to talk about, like the fluid belief system, the teenage mind, um, maybe certain projects, Blue Beam, we can mention that. I think that's allowed. Um, I've I've done a few videos to explain the history and of certain things. And even um something that I've done for people, just for a bit of fun, I've more psychology to do. But one of the things is that when the medical intervention was happening, right? There was a great photo of Boris Johnson, and his his short sleeves were they were like that, right? I don't know if you can see that. Maybe they were like yeah. that, right? So it was just below the arm, right? Now, in management training, which I've done, right, they teach you that if you're the worker, your sleeve is above the arm. Yeah. Right? But if you're, if you want to show that you're the supervisor and you're in charge, you put your sleeve below the arm, right? So I've done a video on that on my Rumble channel, and I have photos of Boris Johnson and a few of the leaders where their shirts are below the arm not above the air, right? So, so there's, there's, there's another video I'm going to be working on now about air, air territories, air zones. Mm. A lot of people don't seem to understand that, you know, we are homo sapiens and we are animals fundamentally, and we have four zones. We have the public zone, the social zone, the, in, the uh, friendship zone, and the intimate zone. And depending on how you accept somebody in your zone depends on whether they can get into that zone or not. And that's why when somebody comes to you 
and they come too close to you, you feel a bit uncomfortable because yeah. you haven't accepted them in that zone, right? So I'm going to be doing, um, I'm just doing a bit more research on it now because I used to teach this when I was in London, but I will need to go back and just do, you know, refresh my memory. Yeah. And then I'll do a video and I'll go into detail because I'm amazed. True, our, our subconscious knows this, but a lot of people consciously don't know it. We do it, but we don't know it. So I want to do a bit more uh, more videos regarding the psychology of who we are and human beings and keep them short, but just, you know, intro to, to understanding us. Because I think if people understand hum humanity and who we are and how we interact with each other on, on a daily basis and try and learn from that, maybe that's the best way to do it rather than focusing on the content. Uh, because we know the, trying to give people the content who are in the matrix it doesn't work. Yes. So um, so that's kind of where I am. I'm, I'm being of a, a spiritual person who's gone through the spiritual training. I, I see the world a little bit different because I know we're here as spiritual beings in physical form to experience what we're doing. And all that stuff that goes with this spirituality, you know, so I'm not religious. I don't believe in religion and stuff like that, but I'm a spiritual person. And I try and as much as I can practice what I preach because I'd be a hypocrite otherwise. So I try and practice what I preach, but I do try and be very protective, as you said earlier, Catherine, about your energy and the people around you. And Maybe because as we develop, we get less and less people around us because we just don't tolerate rubbish and crap. You know, we just don't put up with it. And people playing mind games. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm too old to be playing stuff like that. I really don't. I just. I'd rather just walk away. You know, and leave them to it. You know. Um. So, um. So that's just part of my learning and what I'm working on. And um, the other thing as well is that for people new to this. Don't let it consume you. Yes, that's this, such a good one. Yeah. This subject can consume you 24-7, and it did with me in the early days. Right, so I was on the emotional roller coaster. You're up and you're down and you're up and you're down. Don't let it consume you. You know, all you need to know is that there are bad people out there doing bad things. That's it. Um, you don't need to know any details, whether if it does something happened, whether the person had to have had two guns or one gun or five guns, the details are irrelevant. You know that there's pe bad people out there doing bad things. And what we yeah. try and do is try and um, make it more level, make, make it more of a level game where we can try and put positivity out there and try and help out and all that kind of stuff. It's such an important point because I'm still seeing sort of, and I'm talking about the last three years, just because a lot of people have started talking out about things. You know, David Dyke was very much on his own for 20 years plus. Um, but now there's a lot of people covering things from different areas. But it can be a bit like Chinese whispers where you get one thing that even in the alternative media that then just gets repeated over and over again until it becomes like the truth. But also I'm seeing so many people put their lives on hold, still waiting for things that have been talked about, that have been promised um, and not getting on and living their lives. And there's a lot of people that literally do spend all day listening to Rumble videos or YouTube videos, et cetera. 
So have you got any tips for people that have found themselves sort of caught in that cycle about breaking free from that and, and how much their life could benefit if they remember that we're here to enjoy ourselves now? Yeah, entertain it. You know, entertain it that, you know, oh, that's, you hear information about certain things and you go, yeah, okay, that's nice. Is there any facts, you know, is there any evidence to that? And um, if there is, that's great. But if it's not going to impact your life directly, or maybe you might down two years time or three years time, then that's fine. But as of now, we're in the here and now at the moment. How is that going to affect you? How does that information affect you? Again, focus on what you can do, not what you can't do. And even if there's promises of certain things and people are saying certain things, then that's fine. But how does it impact your life? If it doesn't entertain it, Focus on the things that you can change on a day-to-day -day basis because if people see you doing good things, you know, positivity breeds positivity. And I always say, psychologically, you look at the six closest people around you and you ask yourself, do they add positivity in your life? Yeah. And if one of them doesn't, well, you try and keep them at a distance. And a lot of the time we have friends and family who might have an impact on our, our life in some negative way. So you try and keep them at a distance as best you can, because if positivity breeds positivity, then if you're with like-minded people and you're all working together, then that energy is going to be so beneficial for us. So again, always entertain, no harm entertaining, but ask for the facts, ask for the, the evidence. And if it's not available, then say, okay, that's fine. I'll entertain it, but crack on with what you have to do and, and work on what you can do on a day-to-day -day basis in a positive way. And the other thing is, helping people but not in a selfish way obviously we are there here to do service to others really i mean i've watched a number of these nde reports when people come back and tell their story which is quite interesting so if, if he knows uh, i don't know what's that sign of somebody if you have an itchy nose i was just about to say that it's meant well it's a code isn't it when people are saying but oh okay junior whenever but i think sometimes it's that, that you're about to say something really important as well yeah or, or you've just got an itchy nose <laughs> i've just got an itchy nose um so it's 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 service to others but you do it in a kind of uh non-egotistical way and you don't say well i want to get something back for that you know it's some you know um so i think it's important that uh, and karma is so good and i'm um this thing i learned from somebody which I, I big thank you to them um i'm good at giving but I'm not I'm very bad at receiving, right? Mm. I don't like receiving, but I'm happy to help. And, you know, and somebody said to me, and I thank the individual for it, they said, by you not receiving is doing them out of benefiting from that energy that you get when you give. And I went, you know what? You're right. You're right. I like when I do something and it's done in a, in, in a good karma, good energy, non-selfish way and you know i don't want anything back for it right but if i stop people giving me something then they don't benefit from that that energy yeah right so i said okay that's something that's uh, i've learned from that that's important so now you know if somebody does want to give me something or you know pass something over you know i'll, I'll be very appreciative and humbled by it you know, so rather than say no and but make them aware and say, look, that's, you know, thank you for doing that. That's much appreciated and, and everything else. So I just 
So I just hope people from the conversation we had today can take something from what we talked about and uh, get some benefit from it. But development is with us. We have to develop ourselves. We have to change. We are the change we're waiting for. I know it's a cliche, but we are the change we're waiting for. And if like-minded people can get together and not have an ego, egos left at the door, to be able to entertain information and have a fluid belief system, we'll be well on our way to do that and have the adult mind as well. Absolutely love it. And there's so many things that have been talked about you know you can take say the idea of food shortage as fear-mongering or you can say actually do you know what there is no downside to my family to getting some more control over my food supply so I cannot think of a single downside of people starting to grow more of their own food it gets their microbiome healthy it gets their lungs healthy it gets some grounding in nature it gives them back more control over their time, uh, their lives. Children love learning how to grow food. The animals love it. You know, there's certain things that, you know, come up that there are no downsides to. So I think if you can incorporate a few more of those into your life, then it's a win for yourselves, your win for your loved ones and a win for the planet in general, really. Yeah, totally. Look, there's no harm being self-sufficient as much as you can. The nanny state will always try and stop us because they want us reliant on them so they can justify their existence. So the more prepped you are, the better. Now, uh, two weeks ago, I I live in a village out in the country and we had no water for three days. Mm. So we had no showers, no toilets, nothing at all. But because I am a bit of a prepper, I had bottled water and I had a rainbow outside, 240 litre rainbow, which I could use for the toilets. Yeah. So it didn't really impact us, to be honest with you, because we had drinking water yeah. and we had the rainbow water, which was fine. And uh, it came back after three days. But I could see the neighbours driving down, flying down to the local shops, trying to buy up all the water because... They weren't prepped. They didn't have something there. So food is the same thing. If you have enough food, I would say as a prepper, you know, don't go overboard, but have about two weeks food in that will get you by because we don't know, you know, what's going to happen. And I know people will say, um, oh, panic about, you know, uh, not having food at the moment, are food shortages. Well, there isn't. I can get in my car now and go down to the local you know, supermarket. I can buy loads of food, right? So until it happens, then I'll worry about it. But I will prep. I will have two weeks in and um, I'll have that just in case that happens. And my, my brother-in-law used to always say, it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. I love it. And, you know, I, like you, I've spent a lot of my life in corporate project management, risk management. And risk management, people think people who are risk managers are glass half empty, completely opposite. Most risk managers are the happiest people ever because they planned and they put in mitigations for as many of the risks as they have. And that's the way I see a lot of this information. You know, I don't, when I went out this morning and saw all the geoengineering and chemtrails over the skies, like, well, I'll take some more of my clean slate. You know, you, you have solutions in place. I take a look at the water. So whatever you can, you know, like you said, right at the start, concentrate on what you can do. And if you can't do anything about it, there's no point worrying about it. Yeah. Um, 
I could literally talk to you all day. It's just been, I really hope everyone listening to this has got some really good tips. We can't wait to see in the comments um, what's working for you. Please do share because when we all share the little tips, like look how many things Alan and I have shared today, which other people have told us. So, you know, pass it forward. If you've got something that works for you, let other people know about it. Are there any final words that you want to leave people with? I would just say keep an open mind, entertain, um, and try and be a better you, a better person. Lead by example. We need leaders, not followers, you know, and we need to be supporting each other. Don't believe the rubbish that you're told out there. It doesn't matter where who it comes from or where it comes from. You know, um, always ask questions and don't form your opinion just on one side in the narrative. All the things we said earlier. And don't stress. You know, yeah. I know life is very hard, but there are solutions out there. If you look hard enough, there are solutions and people are getting together more and more. I know over here in Ireland, um, I'm big into time banking. I like time banking. And I interviewed there a chap a few weeks ago called Jasper, who actually went ahead. I had interviewed him back in 2016 about time banking. And he went ahead and set up now a time bank over here in Ireland, a website where people can sign up and start helping each other because a lot of people mightn't have money, but they have energy. Yes. And that's what time banking is all about, using your energy to help each other. You don't need money. You know, yes, I know you have to pay bills, but if you're in a time bank or you're in a community group together, if you get together and one guy's a mechanic and the other guy's a painter and they can exchange without, you know, swapping money. And the other thing is you really annoy the government because no money's exchanging hands and there's no VAT or tax or anything to be get, to be got from that. And that drives them mad. So and this is why they don't like the fact that time banks and bartering, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm just trying to look at the positive side, look at the glass, try and see it as the glass half full, not half empty, because your thoughts and your energy and what you think, don't let things rent space in your head, negative thoughts. You know, all that is very important, how we think our mind, not just our physical body, but how we think in our mind and how we perceive the world. It's all very important. Absolutely love it. Honestly, such good advice as always. So for those of you watching, um, all Alan's links will be below. Please do go and connect him because I've had the pleasure of speaking several times to Alan and I guarantee there is so much good content on his channel. So please go and check it out and let us know if you'd like me to encourage Alan to come back on again. I've certainly got loads more questions for you. Thank you so much for your time, Alan. It's so lovely to connect again face-to-face -face this time. Um, take care, have a wonderful day. Brilliant, thank you, Catherine. Thank you, thank you for having me on your show. Such a pleasure, bye. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And if you feel inspired, please do share with your friends and family. My goal is to inspire as many people as I can to live their best lives, to stay curious and to raise their consciousness and that of the collective. So to do this, I need to reach as many people as possible, and this needs your help. If you feel drawn, would you be willing to share your favourite episode with five different people? This helps us spread the word and also helps me encourage some exciting new guests to take part in this podcast. 
If you feel drawn to do that, I will be very, very grateful. All the links and discount codes where applicable for all the products that I support are on my two websites, katherineedwards.life and katherineedwardsacademy.com. All of the products are personally tried and tested by me, my family and my clients. And finally, please do press the follow or subscribe button, depending which platform you're listening on. And above all, stay curious and stay free.